0: Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotives' fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings.
1: Welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Sean Kingry is the Vice President of Fixed Operations at Kaiser Automotive Group, Madison, Wisconsin, great friend of the Fixed Ops community. Sean, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thank you, Ted, and thank
0: you for having me. It's always an honor. It's always a privilege.
1: Well, today is special, Sean. It's it's a keynote, long overdue, long time in coming, and we are really eager to hear your perspective on the industry and all that is happening not only around us, but also a lot of the happenings for Sean Kingery
0: recently as well. Well, thank you. You know, and Ted, I owe you a debt of gratitude as I've shared. Obviously, over the last couple of months, I've made some big changes, big changes that, that quite frankly, as I've made very clear, the group that I'm with found me because of you. They found me through the roundtables. They actually found me through the Star Wars episode where you and I did a one-on-one where I had a few creatures standing behind me that are still in Florida, by the way. And and it was probably the, one of the most nervous interviews I've ever done, by the way, because it wasn't my comfort zone at the time. I'm telling you, I was uncomfortable. The color was wrong. It just didn't go well. But I got to tell you, Ted, is that, and again, I, and I'm going to give shout outs to Tolly on the hours and Ed Roberts on the pickup and delivery. Where I'm at in my Q4 of my career, as I've called it, is now that I've reached the 50 years old and, and I've raised my children and they're all grown up and I have eight grandchildren and five children and I'm in Q4, and where I'm changing and where my focus has changed, where a lot of people have reached out to me and says, how do you move from sunny Florida with a big house and a heated pool and everything you have down there, yeah, to cold winter Wisconsin? Now, this is my home. This is where I'm from. I've been to, we'll say, 100-plus Green Bay Packer games now in my life, including Christmas Day in Miami and Lambeau Field a couple, three or four times since I've been here the last couple months. But that all being said, this is my home. And when I interviewed with everybody, Ted, as you know, as I traveled the country, I now know what the main focus is. And, and it was your your show with Marco that tipped my hat to that, that, listen, it's all, at this point, it's about the employee. It's about the customer. It isn't about us anymore, okay? It isn't about the fact that technicians not going to work six or seven days a week like you and I did growing up in the business. It's not, it's unheard of now. It's not the $35 an hour. It's not that. It's about the employee and about a quality of life. There's got to be a work life balance. I may not have found that yet, but for the new the new millennials, as my as my children hate to be called, the new millennials, it is about work life balance. There's a mental there's a mental evenness that they require, or they just won't come work for you. And as you know, as I have a partnership with Joe Lockhart down and as Joe hires people, It's the number one question. It's not money. It's what do you offer that nobody else offers? Because everybody's offering $35 an hour. Everybody's offering $40 an hour for flat rate technicians. But what do you give that nobody else gives? And again, as I always say, I'm probably not as loud and as direct as as Mr. Williams is, but it is my passion. It is what I'm focused on. And it is ultimately why I ended up in Madison, Wisconsin. It's the group I work for uh, three brothers. Who, who each have their own individual role, who have on the walls pictures of their 40 plus year employees that are extremely, yeah. And there's the list. It's it's huge to know that that there's a group that gets it, that at six o'clock at night, they do close so that their employees can go home and have dinner with their family. And that's wow. variable and fixed. Yeah. Wow. So it's unheard of. And so to answer your question and to go back and forth, Ted, What's new in my career? It's a hundred percent employee focused now. It's what tools can we put in place? A to make their job easier. And sure, it's all about gross. It is about gross. It's about net. It's about the bottom line. But what tools do we have? And I can use X time. I can use Sunday. I can use you know the training side, and we can get. We'll get into John, the John Fairchilds, and 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 like I said, Traver. Traver's going. Traver's going to be my BDC or is now officially my BDC. As we go through that. And Brook AI. I mean, I can keep going down the list. A Ted. Quite frankly, you bring them to the table. Those are oh, who and, you and
1: Sean. I think you know, to your credit as well, we've helped vet a lot of the names that you mentioned. You know, what? And maybe maybe it's some true. maybe some don't need as much vetting as others do. But those are some of the big names, and you know they've they've passed a lot of tests along the way. And and you've
0: been there for that as well. Well, and I appreciate that. You're right. But those are all names that we talk about and have panels with you know, fixed ops roundtables through fixed ops roundtables, but they're the consistency that are there. They're the ones that agree to the partnership. This isn't, a, they're not vendors, they're partners. And I'm firm, I firmly believe that. They're partners with us. They're partners with the group. They partner with my teams. And again, I can continue with that as, as you know, John Fairchild is going to come into Q2 for us and do on, on training. And you have to give the tools to the employees so they so they can succeed. And, you know,
1: together, I think you and I and the audience, we've all been exposed to those and we've seen a lot of best practices and we've seen a lot of pain points that those solve as well. Uh, Talk to me a little bit more about quality of life, because I remember you and I on a panel early on, don't remember exactly how long ago it was, when Marco Mm -hmm. talked about it's not all about the compensation. It's about, you know, the respect. It's about, you know, a human being. And. You know, the fact that he's recognized and in a place that, you know, he wants to call home.
0: It is. And you know, it's it's funny. I actually had the I actually had the conversation I can say today with somebody making the comment where Marco said, Don't buy us pizza. Listen, yes, we can yes. call little we can call little Caesars and get pizza. We don't buy his pizza. It's not about the pizza. It's about the recognition. And we have literally in, in this organization taking that, it's barbecue lunches, by the way. It's barbecue lunches that we serve the employees. What does it cost you? Costs you nothing. It is about the recognition. It is about walking through the shop and every day. And I got in trouble from you once, so I'll be polite when I. I'll be politically correct when I say this. It's knowing about the technician what makes them tick. It's knowing what their wife's name is. It's knowing what their kids are. Is it fishing? Is it hunting? Is it is it flying an airplane? You have to know what makes them tick. And you're right, Marco brought that to light. You know, yeah. Marco had a tragedy in his life, and it changed who he was. And in that tragedy, it changed his outlook. And to be very honest with you, Ted, those roundtables very early on, which started a series, I don't know, we're we're in number seven or eight now, of that one roundtable of the group that we talk about the same thing every single time. It keeps, and of all my feedback, it's probably one of the larger feedbacks I have of talking about technicians, what recruiting is. Again, we can all hire Joe Lockard and hire for $35 an hour. It's not about what you're paying. It's about what you're giving on the side.
1: And it's amazing. You know, we've had that panel with Joe Lockhart and Automax, the tech tech vendors, I think we've called them, yes. technicians panel. But every time we talk and get together, that conversation evolves and it goes further and further. And there are things happening today that are new and that weren't happening last fall or last summer or last spring, you know, because the industry is evolving and changing and, you know, we're bringing all that to light. So- you
0: know, there's a lot to be a lot to be said for that, John Kangri. There is Ted and it's funny, I had a, I had a meeting with a group this morning at the same store and we're talking about Saturday service and where Saturday service falls because COVID changed the business. You know, COVID changed. Forget the fact that I was in Florida and we didn't we didn't have COVID in Florida, okay? Wisconsin had had COVID. And yes. opening up on Saturday services again. And the technicians come to me as a group and say, listen, if we agree to come in a half hour early and we agree to stay a half hour late, the entire group of technicians, Monday through Friday, will you let us still have our Saturdays off? And Ted, I believe, because I'm old school, that if sales is open, service should be open. I think we're one big family. No walls. And my and my, my my saying is always better together, okay? Okay. But looking at a shop of ten technicians, if I can get ten more hours a day times five days a week is fifty hours a week, back to back to back to Tully, I get fifty hours a week that I didn't have versus four hours or five hours on a Saturday with one technician who's programming keys and doing recalls. If you do the math, it makes sense. I signed off on that deal on a New York second. We'll still do oil changes. I still have an express lane open on Saturdays, but the main shop's willing to give me an extra half hour in writing, by the way. It's like, you got to hold them accountable. And there's, there's processes in place to do this. But they'll give me an extra half hour in the morning and a extra half hour every night in order to have a quality of life during the weekends. When you got there, what were, what were the first things that you looked at
1: that you said you needed to put in place? I remember you talking about process early on. Yeah,
0: it was. And, and, and that's, that's where some of the, and I'm not going to say vendors, some of the partners come into play, where you got to have a scheduling system. Because very honest, they didn't have a scheduling system. And, and I hate to say the tail was wagging the dog because it sounds negative, but we we're almost to the point there was no dog, period. It was just the tail where I have people wandering in at 7.30, 8.00, 8.15, 8.30. And then you walk through the shop at 2.30 or 3.00 o'clock, and everybody's gone home. Oh, at the end of the day, guys, we're here for the client. We're not here for us. We're here for the client. We have to schedule what's convenient for them. So bringing you next time on board, bringing Traver on board, answer the BDC. Now it lets the advisors do what they need to do. So to answer your question, first things first, got to have a good foundation, a good process for scheduling, a schedule that's convenient for the clients, okay? I'm not asking technicians to work 13, 14-hour schedules. We'll get to that because that's a new theory, too, we can talk about. But I'm not asking them to work anything more than anybody else is working. But you got to have a good process in place for a good appointment system that allows the client to schedule what's convenient for them. Then you get to pick up and delivery, but it all fits into the big, the big picture. And then you have to have a system that works for them, a good walk-around tool, a good scheduling tool. But back to Traver and the BDC, listen, the advisor's job is to sell. It's not to answer phones. Yeah. I have air, Listen, Traver is my air traffic control. You put it on the runway, and I'll park that airplane. That's, that's the advisor's job is to park that airplane. And that's the process that they had to be put in place. And to be very honest, we, we I officially came here November 1st. And we launched in December. We did a quick launch, and I give credit to everybody that was involved. It was a hard press. It was a lot. It was a big request to say you have 30 days to launch, and every one of the partners all took that. And that includes Sunbit, that includes Xtime, that includes Traver, that includes everybody. You have 30 days, and together we launched it. I got Brook a- AI kicking in the background. I mean, mm-hmm. everything is is flowing, and all of a sudden, it's amazing. The resistance you got, okay, you have a 45-year employee that's always answered his phone for Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I'm always going to answer that phone. Well, you got to break that a little bit. Sometimes you got to break the toy to go, to go forward. Sean, there's got to be,
1: I know there's got to be resistance, all right? Anytime you come in with anything new, new person coming in, new ideas, it's not the way we've done it before. I believe you've got, you told me what, seven locations, seven rooftops there? Yes, they're
0: about to be eight. That is correct. How many technicians and how many uh, advisors or ASMs? Total technicians, a little over another 120. Total advisors, advisors just north of 40. So, you know, to our audience that's watching, the other fixed
1: ops directors who are in place or, you know, maybe, you know, having made a move recently or making a move, you know, how do you deal with that resistance, you know, going in? Because I imagine, you know, going into a, a colder climate,
0: especially there might be some of that. So it got really cold. So let's back into that story and I'll make that quick. So again, I work for three brothers who have a very defined roles and they're very open, very open door policy. I think that's an overly overused cliche, but for them, it genuinely is a very open door policy. They asked me, to, we want you to evaluate in 60 days, give us your opinion. Well, I fast forwarded that to 30 days because it was very obvious, very quick of the things that had to be done. I can't teach someone how to sell. I can't hire a John Fairchild. If I have 20 waiters, 10 a.m. in the morning, because the advisors are scheduling what's convenient for them. So you have to have buy-in from the top. As, as our friend Tully Williams says, the general manager has to be involved. The owners have to be involved. If you don't have buy-in from the top, it's never going to work. So it involved having a meeting with the owners and then having a meeting with the GMs. And, and, and the advantage I think I have versus everybody that's been here 40 plus years is I'm not emotionally attached yet. I see the business side of it. I'm trying to build a legacy for the group that I'm with for their children. And in order to do that, you got to have a process. To answer your question, Ted, yes. When I met with the owners on the initial 30 days, they said, we love how everybody loves you. I said, well, that's going to end pretty quick, just so you know. The hugs and kisses are going to stop. Because when I launch this and I create change, change is uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, they're, I'm going to get resistance. And resistance we got. Uh, was there pushback? Yes. Did Was there some... I don't want to call knockout dragouts, but were there some interesting conversations? Yes. But at the end of the day, and Ted, I go back to you, people understand that when you talk and you bleed fixed operations, you got to have some, you got to know what you're talking about to get to where you're at. All right. And this isn't act as if, this is do the processes you know that work, not reinventing the wheel. And I understand what works in Destin, Florida may not work in Madison, Wisconsin. That won't work here, Sean. That won't work here. We've never done it that way. Okay. But guess what? We're going to try it. And guess what? Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong in six months, you let me know. But it's funny how after 30 days, everybody's like, Hey, this is kind of cool. We're getting more work through the shop." Hey, this is kind of cool. My phone's not ringing off the hook. And I got Brooke answering phone calls behind the scenes, monitoring my phone calls for status phone calls, by the way, Mm -hmm. because now that I've taken advisors, phone calls for scheduling appointments off. Now I'm monitoring status phone calls. Amazing. How the same advisors are still getting the same status phone calls. And now I can monitor and control that. Good for you. well, you know
1: you're still early in the game. You said November first, so here we are coming up on February one. Yes, and um, you know you've got big shoes to fill there, but you've done this before, and you are a pro, and and your star is rising, Sean Kingery, throughout the industry. I see it now in a lot of things that are happening. So congratulations to you on on making the move and on on making all this happen and making it a
0: real world. Well, thank you very much, and Ted. I'll say this: as we were doing the launch. As I sat with my owners and, and I says, when you did the 2023 plan, what was your goal? He goes, 10%. I said, not on my watch. I've promised them 18%. And I'm going to be very honest. I think 18. 18. I promised them 18. And I know you want to know in my past, I was doing 30% plus year over year growth. I'm going to be conservative and say 18%. I'm hoping we're north of 25 by Q4 year over year. That's very bold, Sean. It's processed, Ted.
1: So here we are, first month of the year, just about done you got a lot of peers who look up to you in the industry. As I said, that star is rising. So if you had to look into your crystal ball and give us any advice to the managers and dealers and leaders watching today for what uh, we need to do for the rest of 2023, what would Sean Kingrey suggest? What would you recommend to the people watching today? What do,
0: you, what do you see ahead? I go back to how we started the conversation, Ted. You have to focus on your employees. It is more now than ever. You know, I I go back 28 years when I got in the business where we threw it against, you hired three and hoped that two stuck. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I used to call it the sticky octopus that walked down the wall and you hope it stuck because some did and some didn't. You don't have that luxury anymore. You don't have the three octopuses to throw against the wall. My number one thing would be focus on your employees. Focus on who you have. It is cheaper to train the ones you have than to go out and hire new ones. I love Joe Lockhart and AutoMax. He's not a cheap date, okay? He's expensive. He, he does, and he does a great job at what he does, but you have, you have to understand, you hired that person. That person did not come to this store for 10 hours a day to fail. They came to succeed. So either you made a poor hiring decision or you did a poor job training. Train the one you have. Find out what makes them tick and work with the ones you have.
1: Great advice, my friend. Well, thank, thank you for all you do for, uh, for Fixed Ops. Congratulations on the move to VP of Fixed Ops at
0: the Kaiser Automotive Group. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. It's an honor, and Ted, as we always tell you every time, thank you for all you do for the business. You bring you bring Fixed Ops to the round table. You bring everybody to the forefront. And, uh, you know, you have certainly made a name for a lot of people. So we owe you a ton, ton of gratitude. John, you make you make my job easy. So Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> everybody, John Kingrey, the Vice President of Fixed Operations, Kaiser Auto Motor Group, here today at the Fixed Ops.